0: do come in, you are most graciously welcome to Tens on Tens, a girl talk comedy podcast in which two tens make top ten lists about whatever they choose and shoot the shit, as it were. So procure the libation of your choice and, pardon my candor, sit down, shut up, and listen. Here are your hosts, the debutantes of debauchery, the queens of crass, the mistresses of muck rockery, Emma and Lo
1: but it actually happened live
2: what Fergie pissed herself on stage Fergie pissed herself on stage (laughs) y'all missed the very first bit of that sentence but Liz said you know what I wish was a celebrity conspiracy theory but it's actually real it's real and it happened on stage when um, let me get a date for you. Fergie is the worst live performer of all time, I'm convinced. Because after Rihanna did her halftime show, there was like clips of people being like, the worst halftime show ever is when the black-eyed peas were there. And Fergie just was fucking it up the whole time. Mm-hmm. It was just so bad. But then also, when she was on the Today Show and she did that,
0: Whoa! <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's so funny. Why is it so funny? I also love that one where she sounds like she's like a like a like a rock singer, like, and like people like to make TikToks of like frogs floating and shit to that. I don't know. The, my my humor is broken. I think it's that TikTok life. Oh. Also, 2005.
1: Um, she is, said that it was, was a combination of a full bladder and a rush to get on the stage. But here's the the real sad part. She was wearing cargo like Bermuda shorts.
2: Oh my God, Fergie! Yeah, it was quite embarrassing. It's quite embarrassing. This article
1: says eight artists who have used the stage as their personal toilet. Mm. Also, I will say, have you heard of the movie uh, Vampire Suck? It's like uh-huh. a parody of Twilight. Of course, I have. I didn't laugh once during the whole yeah, movie no. because it was so fucking lame. It's bad. But I did chuckle when um, Victoria uh, Lawrence is that his name? And Laurent. Laurent, yeah. And uh, what's the last guy's name? James. The blonde guy, James. They're all together mm-hmm. and they're uh, about to attack the boat guy and they're like, "Do you know who we are?" And
2: the book is like, <laughs> the, "The black, black eyed peas." And then Jeep is like, "There isn't even a white guy in the black eyed peas." <laughs> That's, That's so funny. <laughs> it's really good. I will tell you, there was one joke in that that I thought was really funny, and it's at the very beginning when Bella has her like little cactus.
0: <laughs> She's <laughs> carrying like a. Bull- Fucking
2: pot that made me juggle. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> uh, yeah, there were some good ones, but <laughs> okay. otherwise, I will watch again. Anyways, yeah. anyway, hi, welcome back. This is part two. um So, I know that we've had quite a few uh, part two parters so far, season two, but that's just because we're long winded as fuck. Mm. Uh, we got a lot of shit to say. Mm-hmm. But I figured, you know, you're still getting 10, you get five from each of us. Maybe it's a little bit more palatable. Mm. You know, bite-sized, just bite-sized. You know, you <laughs> know. So we're back to celebrity conspiracies, part two, part deux, trois. I don't know. Is that right? Un de, trois deux. I know in Japanese it's ni, ni, <laughs> ni san. I'm so impressive as a linguist. And then in Roman numerals, it's two eyes. Oh my god. <laughs>
1: you know, in- and then in Pig Latin,
2: it's bute. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. It's so worldly. I, I'm, seriously. <laughs> I do actually on my bucket list say I want to learn a, one sentence in every known language before I die. That'd be cool. Yeah, because there's, there's like, a lot of re, There's a lot of fucking languages. Are you doing like regional dialect as well? Or? I would love to do that. I wow. don't think I'd be able to. And what, what would the sentence be like, I am Emma? I like to learn the most ridiculous one in every language. The only sentence I know in German is, which means I like to dance in my free time. That might be a good sentence to start with. Sure, when you not? got one down, you might as well keep going. I also had a German friend when I worked at Spencer's, and I took her out to go swimming in one of the blue holes down in the creek, <laughs> as you do when yeah. you go to school out in the, boons, in the boonies. And she told me to jump whore, which is spring a hugo. <laughs> so know that one too. <laughs> so thanks. That I am, would be a good one for all the dialects of the world. I jump whore. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah. Anyway, so I'm super worldly. Anyway. <laughs> Um, we, we back at it with the white vans today. Remember that? <laughs> Damn, Daniel. <laughs> Damn. I saw a meme the other day that made me chuckle. It was like hellfire in the back and shit. And someone's like, damnation, Daniel. <laughs> stupid. Stupid. That's like a meme of yours. I love it. I hate I it. I love it here. Okay. So I don't know who's, we're just going to jump right into these beach. Cause I feel like we're long-winded, so. <laughs> I think it's you next, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. Go ahead, Mama. So this one I think kind of inspired me to write this article because the first time I heard about it, I thought it was so funny. I wrote it in my notes app <laughs> to make a conspira- celeb conspiracy list, and I like as I was going through TikTok for the next like four months, I would just keep track of conspiracy theories I ran across on there. But this one is the original. This one is the one the inspiration. The inspo. and it's been talked to death, but we're gonna talk about it one more time, and that is that Leah Michelle cannot read. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which this is going to be fun for me as somebody that has never watched Glee. You. Right. I obviously watch Glee. I really, really and honest to God think you need to. (laughs) I really and truly believe that. I did one time go down a YouTube
1: rabbit hole and it was like glee out of context and the amount of things that are so wrong that they say on that show. It's
2: almost, I, it's intriguing. I think it'd be so fun to rewatch. I haven't started it because I want to rewatch it with the right person. I want to wait for the right person. And I feel like if you could do like a take a shot every time they say something offensive, it'd be dead, <laughs> it'd be dead. but it'd be fun it'd be yeah, worth we, it. <laughs> to be with it. What The writing on that show is so good. Not for plot because <laughs> there is none. <laughs> they don't give a shit. They counteract they contradict themselves all the time. But Ryan Murphy is the funniest bitch alive. <laughs> I hate him so much though, because he does not know how to carry a story truth to fulfillment. He's simply a gay with a dream. Mm-hmm. And he his dream is to say the raunchiest, nastiest, fucking meanest shit on TV. Yep. And he does. And he does. And it's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Anyway. So Leah Michelle, obviously she got her start on Glee. Well, her big break. She was doing Broadway up to that point, which is kind of where this starts. So let's go back to the beginning on this one. All right. Internet sleuths have traced this river back to 2017 when Jay Hunt and Robert Ackerman of Pop Culture Podcast One More Thing dove into the memoir of Lee's... Um, or Leah's coogly co-star, sorry, not sorry, by the late Naya Rivera. Rest in peace to a fucking mm. real one. Mm. Ooh. Uh, by the way, this information is from a Vice article written by Mika Boyle. So thank you, Mika. This was an excellent read. Um, the pair on the podcast fixated on a section of the book in which Naya reveals that during the filming of Glee, Leah had refused to improvise with guest star and TV legend Tim Conway and made his granddaughter, who was visiting the set for the shoot, cry. She she has the worst reputation. Like she's been blacklisted as like the worst person to work for because she's legitimately mean. Like Fuck, I mean, I would be mean if I was illiterate, too, to be fair. <laughs> to be fair. The protective measure. Yeah. Um, so Jay and Robert looked for a response to the claims from Leah online and couldn't find anything. So everyone was like, why would you do that? Why would Naya? Like, aren't you mad at Naya? There was silent radio silence. So that in turn made them question whether she's engaged with Naya's memoir at all, or maybe she just can't read. So she can't <laughs> read the book, Robert told Jezebel. And that's where this starts.
1: Okay, so it was all a joke. Everything oh god, I want to start always. something like that on our podcast. Damn it. One day.
2: One, One day. <laughs> uh th- what what is it going to be that like? Robert Pattinson should just give me a chance. <laughs> yeah. Please Robert, give me a chance. i am been breaking news. Robert Pattinson is dating Emma. He just needs to reject me so I can get over like get on with my life. Yeah. So I can that would be it, nice to him Please him don't though. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> So the podcasters don't claim that Leah has a learning disorder, but rather that because she was a child star having made her Broadway debut in Les Mis at eight years old playing Cosette, the most annoying character in Broadway history, which checks, um, she simply never found the time to learn how to read or write. Now they claim she just pays people to do it for her, which like, yeah. Yeah, if I could pay anyone to do everything for me, I I would do Mm -hmm. that. I don't want to do anything ever. (laughs) Please don't make me. (laughs) Christ, I literally got a day job and was like, when can I leave? (laughs) Like, I went to my teaching job. I was like, I hate this. I want another one. I got another job. And I was like, I hate that one, too. They all kind of suck, to be fair. I just do not dream of labor. (laughs)
1: I did not dream
2: of her uh, What is it, the Ali Wong special? She's like, why did y'all ask for women to get the right to work? We had it so good. <laughs> we did have a good. <laughs> Relatively. Wait,
1: so from zero to
2: eight, she mm-hmm. didn't learn anything. and then Allegedly. She went to, allegedly. And then she, she went to Broadway. Well, she was on, yeah, I mean, I guess. But imagine, you know, working with... Well, when you're busy auditioning every day, you don't yeah. have time. Yeah, plus I don't know that many kids who are, like, super into reading that young. Yeah. I mean, maybe, maybe there are a few, yeah. I was a super reluctant reader, even though I knew how to do it, like from the first grade on. But like once I found a book I really liked, which in my case was Harry Potter, I clicked overnight. But I don't think Leah ever got the chance to do that is what they're saying. So she
0: she might have learned,
2: but then never had to do it after that. So (laughs) who knows? Anyway. So the host claims that during her time on Glee, Leah memorized the lines to her songs by listening to the recorded versions easily enough, um, absconding the use of lyric sheets. So she refused to use lyric sheets. Interesting. Um, Which leads to the next big claim that Glee creator Ryan Murphy was on the secret, was in on it. So Leah's next job after Glee was on Ryan Murphy's Scream Queens, where Jay and Robert claim he would feed her the lines on set Keep the circle small. Make sure the secrets never get let out. So, Leah, all of her TV work's been with Ryan Murphy, pretty much. Ooh. Um, and I personally like to believe that everything, every one of Ryan Murphy's properties exists in the same universe. So, that's American Horror Story, Glee, Scream Queens. The uh, Watcher. Love. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Yeah. All, think- in the same one. Um, the O.J. Simpson case. The death of Gianni Versace. <laughs> yeah. All of it. All of it. Okay. In paparazzi photos at the height of Glee's popularity, Leah was spotted shopping with her assistant who seemed to be using Leah's phone. If a caption consists of only emojis, they argue Leah wrote it. But if there are words and emojis, it had to be written by someone else. And then they hand it to Leah to put a little sign on the end. (laughs) For a personal touch, oh you know, um, which brings us to her book. In 2014, Leah released Brunette Ambition, which I want to fight her for that name alone. Fuck yeah, that's off. Annoying. um Can't blondes have anything? No, <laughs> no. <laughs> and I know I'm so oppressed as a blonde. You know, though, I did see a t- uh, TikTok the other day that was like, "Being blonde is a form of privilege," and I was like, "Get the fuck off the internet! <laughs> Go get a hobby." Wait, what was the reasoning? They were like. If you're a blonde person, then you benefit from, like, the privilege of having blonde hair. Oh, uh, I mean. And I was like, I get the spirit. It's not true. <laughs> <laughs> it is not. Uh, no. In fact, I think you are actually actively discriminated against as a blonde because people often think you're stupid, mm-hmm. right, from that thing. But that's a whole other episode anyway. <laughs> um, ten things that make me <laughs> mad as hell. Ten th- I will tell you this because I'm lucky enough to have pretty light Blonde hair, and that's not very common, but, you know, people get such a fucking complex about it. And a lot of women grow up and their hair gets darker, and then they identify with being a blonde much later into their life. I love giving them that crisis where they're like, I'm a blonde, and I'm like, you're not. And then I hold my hair up against them, and then I watch them panic. It's kind of fun. <laughs> it's a little fun you for me. You evil, evil bitch. But I'm also mean. So. <laughs> okay, Lee Michelle. Yeah. T. Hey, at least you can read. It's Period. I was a literal English teacher, slay. Okay, so uh, Bl- Brunette Ambition came out in 2014, followed by 2015, you journal your way through your best life. Both seem to notably lack words. <laughs> Instead, their pages are filled with photos, workouts, and recipes. When it came to singing, uh, signing said books, to paparazzi photos left a lot to the imagination. Even though Jay and Robert's video had been taken down, many of the photos featured live um, one... It- oh, wait. Many of the photos featured... Like are pretty interesting because the images show her signing a book, but her Sharpie is nowhere near close enough to the page. Like it looks like it's already So it's like set up? Yeah, it looks like it's already been signed for her prior to and she just is posing. She didn't
1: even sign her own name. I
2: mean, hmm, I don't know. Even Ariel and the Little Mermaid could sign yeah. her own name. Yeah, and she didn't go to fish school. And or she anything. didn't even go to school. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what a fork was, even though her father was swinging around a giant golden one. Like I'm just concerned with the state of mermaid education, frankly. (laughs) Reform. (laughs) Moving on. Um. Okay, what else should I say? Oh, like why are episodes so long? This is the reason I started podcasts. podcast. I got a lot of opinions. Um, so Sharpie, nowhere close enough to the page. Um, then there's a photo of Leah signing a wall at like a radio station and only her name is already written and she's simply underlining it. So people think that she has people write the words for her and she just... Yeah. Wow. Yeah. This is... Uh, canon Leah Michelle can't read material (laughs) is what the article said so um, the genius I'd say to the theory is that there is so much evidence that helps us as opposed to what hinders us Uh, Robert told Jezebel in the age of conspiracy theories our desire to debunk is often greater than our drive to believe in falsehoods and for good reason but there's something irresistible about the batshit possibility of Leah a Grammy winning artist with two books to her name and the capacity to lead both a hit TV show and a Broadway classic not being able to read or write and frankly, it's also putting her in her fucking place because she's an <laughs> asshole. And yeah. she like she actively was like racist and mean to people on the side of Glee, so it's what she deserves. Yeah. And what's really shitty is like once she heard about this rumor, she went on like a on a I don't know, an interview. And people were she was like, I think that if I was a man, this wouldn't even be a thing. And I was like, Girl, do not turn this around into making it a feminism thing. It's but she never denied. She never denied. She actually like there have been like videos she's posted on her Twitter of her like reading a children's book out loud and stuff and people are like well, you could have re- memorized that shit why don't you go read a segment of Lord Tale of, of the Rings or something yeah, yeah. <laughs> so like even when she tries to prove the other way people are like ah, made up we should put flabbergasted on an index card and hold it up and see if she can read it oh my god I no. love she it. just get mean and mad I don't like, know thank you.
1: That's a good one. I like that it one. It's classic. Thank you, TikTok <laughs> <laughs> and podcasters. Oh, yes. Okay, so my number five. This one is also extremely popular. I got my information from Bustle and Page Six, so thank you. Chloe um, Kardashian being O.J. Simpson's daughter. Oh, that's the other one I, that I, I had to... overlap. Oh, overlapped? Okay. Yeah, hold on.
2: I'm going to get a, tw- a twizzler. Oh, get into that. Do you want the last one? No, I'm good. Thank you. Okay.
1: So... Sure. As we've talked about in episode one, the Kardashians have no shortage of conspiracies yeah. about them. Apparently, Kim K is running for president. If you guys didn't hear, listen to part one. Uh-huh. Um, but one of the most popular and almost plausible ones is mm-hmm. concerning Khloe Kardashian's paternity. While Khloe was raised alongside Kim, Courtney, and Rob, many fans speculate that her real father is not, in fact, the late lawyer Robert Kardashian, but instead longtime family friend O.J. Simpson. And here's why people th- think Chris Jr. may have had an affair with O.J. to produce Khloe. Mm. Dot, dot, dot. So first of all, Chloe undoubtedly looks so different from all of her siblings. Mm-hmm. Chloe's taller, she's curvier, and she has more pronounced features. As a kid, she had light curly hair instead of straight black hair like her mm-hmm. sisters. Okay. In 2013, Robert Kardashian's wife, prior to his 2003 death, Ellen Pearson claimed that Robert admitted to Ellen that her that Chloe was not his biological daughter. <gasps> oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So that Kardashian's just went on to say that Ellen was only out for attention, of course. mm Hmm. Chris Jenner has also confessed to having affairs during her marriage to Robert. She um had a confirmed affair with tennis instructor Todd Waterman, and she said that this actually led to their eventual divorce in nineteen ninety one and is one of her biggest regrets in life. So Chris, will cheat. Okay. Oh, yeah, of course. O. J., like I said, was also a close family friend. In fact, as we all know, Robert Kardashian ended up representing him in his notorious nineteen ninety five murder trial. Crazy. There is an episode of Keeping Up With The Kardashians where Khloe takes a paternity test, but as we know, reality shows can show us what they want to show us.
2: I can't believe they made her do that.
1: (laughs) I know. OJ has since taken to social media to dispel all of these rumors, stating that while they were friends, he has never been attracted to Kris and didn't think she felt any attraction either. He said, she's ugly. (laughs) She's
2: ugly. I would never sleep with her.
1: Um, But yeah, this one's short and sweet. I just think it's very interesting. What do
2: you think? <sighs> well, okay, so Chris Jenner back in the day was a hottie, hottie mm-hmm. go body. She looked a lot like Kendall. Kendall, arguably, I think is the prettiest one. Um, but, yeah, I think there's something fishy about it. And it, it does kind of sit wrong with me that the one they always are like, oh, is the ugly sister, is also like they are saying she's black. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't sound right to me, but I don't think that Chloe is ugly at all. Mm. I think people are insane, and just, like, she just looks different. I think people are forgetting that, like, recessive genes are a thing. Right. Also true. Yeah. But I don't know. Like, being short, I want to say, is a recessive gene, right? I, don't I have no idea. I have to go back to biology class. Having straight hair is a recessive gene, though. Um, So if you have straight hair, you got the recessive gene from both your parents, both I parents. guess. Yeah. So, so Chloe I'm trying, has curly
1: hair. There's curly hair. So, I mean, like... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm i don't know maybe it's todd waterman's kid the tennis instructor
2: hmm. oh, no yes. i'm just kidding i mean that could that could be a thing i don't know it's quite uh, interesting isn't it
1: quite interesting
2: i do think they look similar though do look i do similar. i do think that and it would kind of be like fuel to the flame of why chloe got so much plastic surgery
0: mm-hmm.
2: i mean i i feel bad for chloe kardashian a lot yeah me too but, she's always been like the black sheep of the family which is stupid because she's the best one <laughs> i know i like her um okay we talk a lot about the Kardashians on this channel, so just know that. Strap in, Strap boy. in. Have you heard the one about how they're like witches who, the, the men in their life, they sacrifice for, for clout?
1: Mm, no, but that's quite plausible, isn't
2: it? Right. Because it's like a matriarchy, full balls to the wall. Mm-hmm. They just ruin the careers of men in their wake and kill them, <laughs> I guess. I don't know. Anyway. I would join that club. Speaking of dying, <laughs> Katy Perry is John JonBenet Ramsey. <laughs>
1: Oh my gosh, this is so outlandish.
2: I love it. <laughs> this one makes me giggle every time cuz it's not true no. at all. It's kind of like the Ted Cruz one, yeah. but it's just funnier to me. Yeah. I it's uh, Ethan does not laugh at a lot of this shit. He's really not interested in like pop culture celebrity shit, but I said this one to him and he was he could not stop laughing. Yeah, this one's good. And I was like this is a good one to tell people who are not chronically online cuz they never see it coming. <laughs> Well, okay. <laughs> Blindside, no. Blindside. So this is from Joyce Chen from Us Weekly who wrote this article. Thank you, Joyce. Um, now, that's not something you hear every day is what she said about this. According to the Colonel, several conspiracy theorists on the internet are 100% certain that Katy Perry is actually late pageant princess JonBenet Ramsey, America's sweetheart. <laughs> One time, Ethan was like, Hey, who, like, who's that, you know, America's sweetheart person? My first instinct was John Benet. He's like, no, the other one. I was like, Post Malone. <laughs> he was talking about Taylor Swift. <laughs> I hate myself. You mean Zena? <laughs> yes. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, so they're hell-bent on convincing the rest of society that this is true. Which I get. Could you imagine if it was? Um, In a recently resurfaced YouTube video from December 2014, the faceless voice of Dave Johnson proclaims that the bizarre 1996 Ramsey murder case was all a hoax that Perry, 38, has kept under wraps in her rise to fame. All of these people are liars, man, Johnson and Tones over images comparing Ramsey and Perry. Nobody died. Nobody got hurt. That sacrifice was a name only. And that was to get something. And that something was to become a star. John Bennett became Katy Perry. And that's a fact okay he's really putting all of <laughs> I will not take any evidence <laughs> to the contrary yeah. uh, he literally just put them side by side and you know the pictures do kind of they do kind of look similar you're like hmm, okay alright especially when you take into the fact that Katy Perry is a natural blonde she does not have the dark hair um, I do think she looks better with dark hair though anyway The YouTube user then reveals several facts that bolster his claim, including the fact that John Bonet's parents, John and Patsy, look remarkably similar to Perry's own parents, Pastors Keith and Mary Perry. (laughs) Mary Perry. Keith Hudson and Mary Perry, yeah. Um, No relation to Mary Berry from The Great British Baking Show. (laughs) Well, yeah, right. Um, Katy Perry's real name is Kate Hudson, by the way, Mm -hmm. for those who did not know. Fun fact. Uh, yeah, but the, if, if her parents look like John and Patsy, that does not mean John and Patsy are her parents. Like, Listen, this guy is taking no prisoners, okay? He believes in this. Yeah, What's like, the guy's name that's convinced? Some fucking YouTuber. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, I don't know. Like, it would literally, it just gives credence to the fact of, oh, they just look really similar. Because yeah. their parents looked similar. Like, dude. <laughs> um, another theorist with the YouTube username Jungle Surfer. <laughs> <laughs> Real, reliable. <laughs> also pointed out uh, to the fact that Perry and JonBenet look alike, right down to the similar eyebrows. And this is a crazy thing, he says, because I don't think it's true at all. But he says, you know, the eyebrows don't change much on a person. <laughs> lie. Um, I shaved the ends of my eyebrows off three weeks ago. <laughs> I plucked mine to the ends of the earth in the early 2000s. Yeah, no, they'll change, especially on a, w- a woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, let me tell you though, I did shave the ends off because I was like, oh, I'll make the ends like a little bit, you know, sharper. And I regret doing it not because it looks bad, but I used the end of my eyebrows as a guide for my eyeliner mm-hmm. and now my eyeliner's wonky. Oh, Because I'm like, it's just off a little. <laughs> That's fine. Um, so he says eyebrows don't change much on a person. He intones that over his, uh, over his own video backing up Johnson's claims. You're born with your eyebrows. They're very close, very close indeed, aren't they? As you know, this whole entertainment industry is just a charade. You really don't know the truth. Okay. <laughs> a lot uh, of facts there. Uh, right. They really backed it up with factual with claims. With factual claims. The mystery surrounding Jean Monnet's murder is still to this day one of the most confounding mysteries, uh, oh. even though it's her brother that did it. <laughs> it's being covered up by her his mom, in my opinion. Um... Yeah,
1: that that case is wild. Like, if if people listening have not some have somehow avoided the JonBenet Ramsey case their whole lives, like, please go check it out. Please and tell me
2: it's not. Did not um, they find her body? Yeah, they did <laughs> in the basement. Uh, which is I don't know. Which is why Wait, I thought she so was not in the basement. Yeah, they found her body in the basement, and that's why like there was weird that there was like a ransom note out for her. I don't know. A, I, it's a weird case. Am I thinking of the
1: right case? Holy fuck I don't know. Oh, no, you're right. It's yeah. in the basement. Um,
2: but they're like
1: actually no, that was fake
2: and it's Katie Perry. Well, I mean, I do think that the there was a cover-up involved. I do think that there was like not that the murder was fake, but I think that like the kidnapping element of it was faked by Patsy. Oh yeah. To cover up for the brother cuz he killed her. <laughs> like that's it. I think the brother was also sexually abusing her, but that's another yeah, thing. So Look into that case, y'all. It's crazy. It is crazy. So, for people to like, I guess it's almost disrespectful to Jean Benet to be like, she didn't actually die. She's Katy Perry. But also, what little girl wouldn't want to be a pop star? You know? Right. Jean Benet on the other side's like, I could be Katy Perry, you know? <laughs> I don't know. So, though uh, her parents and even her older brother, Burke, were all named as su- suspects in the case, their involvement in the little girl's murder was cleared partially in uh, 2003 and then finally in 2008, which I don't even know how they managed to do that. They still don't clear know. Clear them, you mean? Yeah, clear yeah. them. I, I don't fucking... I don't know. Because there was a guy that confessed to her murder, but then they were like, "That there's no fucking way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they proved that he wasn't. So, yeah. it's such a weird case. Really read into it. But it's definitely not Katy Perry. Katy Perry was also born... Earlier mm-hmm. than John <laughs> or like later or something like that, but their dates of birth like do not line up <laughs> yeah. at all. So People it's love that so shit, stupid, but it's so funny. I just fucking can't get over it. John traded in
1: her life of pageantry to bras with peppermints on them. Uh, yeah. That's all, that's all you need to know. That's all you need
2: to know. That's it. That's a short one. All
1: right. So my number four mm-hmm. is a pretty big one, but I'll try to go through it quickly. Um, Marilyn Monroe oh. was murdered. It's conspiracy theory. So mm-hmm. this is from the L.A. Times and History dot com. So thank you to both of those sites. Um, so trigger warning here for suicide. Uh, Marilyn Monroe was discovered on August fifth, nineteen sixty two, in her bed in her Brentwood, L.A. home. She was lying nude on her bed, face down, with a telephone in one hand. She had empty bottles of pills prescribed to treat her depression, and these pills were littered all around the room. After a very brief investigation, L.A. police concluded that her death was quote caused by a self administrative administered Overdose of sedative drugs and that the mode of death is probable suicide, end quote. By 1961, so we're backing up a little bit, just a year earlier, Monroe was basically overtaken by depression. She was under the constant care of a psychiatrist. She was increasingly erratic in the last months of her life and lived as basically a recluse in her L.A. home. After midnight on August 5th, her maid, Eunice Murray, no, Murray, it's either Murray or Murray, mm-hmm. um, noticed Monroe's bedroom light on. When Murray found the door locked and Marilyn unresponsive to her calls, she called the psychiatrist, Dr. Ralph Cleanson, who gained access to the room by breaking a window. And when he entered, he found Marilyn dead in the position I described earlier, and the police were called in sometime after. An autopsy found a fatal amount of sedatives in her system, and her death was ruled a suicide. So, this was incredibly shocking. Sent waves all throughout Hollywood. It was one of Hollywood's biggest stars. And it generated decades of speculation as to whether or not her overdose was a suicide. An accident or something more sinister. So these conspiracies about Marilyn's death grew to such a point that the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office actually reopened the investigation into her death in 1982. So this was 20 years after she died. I okay. did not know they reopened Yeah, it. I didn't know that either. Um, conspiracies were wondering why the deputy medical examiner who performed the new autopsy, so the one in 1982, found no barbiturate residue in the 36-year-old movie star's stomach. Um, because they're like, well, why did you not find any? She's supposed to have ingested mm-hmm. these drugs. Like, whatever. But it's because um, the barbiturates had had time to disperse into her blood and liver. So that's why the doctor had found no residue in her mm. stomach. So here are some theories surrounding her suicide that people think could have actually been a murder. Number one, the CIA was involved. Okay. So there was speculation that the Central Intelligence Agency was behind her death And this originated in the late 1960s, drawing their tenuous support from rumors about Monroe's romantic involvement with Robert Kennedy, who was the U.S. Attorney General at the time. There were also rumors of her involvement with John F. Kennedy, who was the president, and started um, this affair when he was a senator, so way back in the day. Um, The theory posits that the CIA... Arranged to have Monroe killed either because the Kennedy brothers shared too many state secrets with her, <laughs> thus making her a threat to national security, mm-hmm. or because they were getting even with the Kennedys for the Bay of Pigs fiasco. Oh, Christ. Which, honestly, the CIA probably do a lot of fucked up shit. To the,
2: to the Kennedys, for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> for sure. And also, I would not be surprised because obviously there were rumors and an actual like, verified times that like Marilyn was seen hanging out with these men mm-hmm. the Kennedys um, so I wouldn't be surprised if like a little after bed cuddle you know they were like hey you want to use something crazy Do you uh, tell me all the trade secrets <laughs> yeah. Mr. President Mr. President <laughs> happy <laughs> birthday oh my god number two the mafia was involved oh god so Milo Sparag- Sparaglio Sparaglio Sparaglio, Sparaglio. Prosecco, <laughs> Um, A private investigator, I'll just say Milo because I can't mm-hmm. pronounce last name, um, pointed the finger at Jimmy Hoffa and mob boss <laughs> Sam Giancana as Monroe's killers. Not Jimmy Hoffa. Jimmy Hoffa. In 1992, Giancana's brother and godson published Double Cross, which alleged that the CIA put out a contract on Marilyn Monroe's life because of her involvement with Robert Kennedy. And Giancana accepted that contract. But there's no support at all to support the mafia's role in any of this. I mean, but Why would there be? My,
2: mm, mm, I got a guy for that <laughs> I got a guy for that personally that's my favorite system of getting anything yeah, Liga, done you
1: can't read, it's a, we come up we got a guy for that we got a guy system great. It's so number three, the Kennedys actually killed her mm. as with the conspiracy theory about the CIA being involved the idea that either John F. Kennedy or Robert Kennedy or both had ordered her death revolves around the notion that Monroe was actually communist or a communist sympathizer that checks that checks, oh, checks. Comrade
0: Suspicions,
1: <laughs> Suspicions began with her marriage to famed playwright Arthur Miller because of his own mm-hmm. potential links to communism um, this theory posits that Robert Kennedy had Monroe killed because she knew too many state secrets and had threatened to expose them, or suggested that Kennedy had her killed before she could reveal their
2: affair to the public and endanger his career. Man, what the fuck kind of secrets she's going to be like, I'm going to tell everyone that you have a small penis. <laughs> That's and Robert's like, Mm-mm. no, you're not. No, you're not. The fuck, nothing bad ever happens to a Kennedy. That's right. <laughs> so another um, pro,
1: I guess, for the number three reason that it was the Kennedys is actually two decades after her death. The housekeeper that I was talking about earlier, um, Eunice Murray, announced for the first time ever that Robert Kennedy had visited Maryland on the night of her death and they actually fought, which is quite interesting information. But the, obviously, 20 years later, the reliability of some of this, the, some of these statements right. are kind of like questionable. Right. But um, for more information, which this is a super interesting case, and also Marilyn's life in general is so interesting, oh, she was true. So, like so incredibly smart and played dumb because she knew it would appeal to the American public. Like, she is fascinating. Um, yes, that's a common thing. Yeah. Paris Hilton, Kim Kardashian. Yep. I'm telling you. It's really cool. So go check out. Um, It's a movie. It's a documentary. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes. And that's a 2022 documentary directed by Emma Cooper. And
2: it's on Netflix. So go that check that out. Sounds fantastic. Yeah, I'll be She's watching it. Fascinating. She's definitely an interesting, cool person to read about. Mm hmm. But it's also, like, I at this point in my life, I'm like, damn, I don't even want to, like, pry into her life anymore. I feel like we've just done it too much. Yeah. So I just want to be like, you know what? What if we just don't make any more Marilyn Monroe shit? Like, yeah. just let her well, go. Well, the
1: interesting thing about, like, I like I to learn, because I took a, um, I forget what it's called, celebrity and something in college. And it was, like, basically a study of, like, celebrities and how they were kind of, like, pawns to them, right? Mm-hmm. We give them a lot of power. And Marilyn was really interesting because you don't hear a lot about, like, her home life or, like... Any of that stuff, but it, it explains like so much about her character mm-hmm. and like how she turned out to be who she is and like the really intelligent businesswoman that she was I'm like, that's the side that we should be talking about.
2: That's what I'm saying. That's like anytime there's like a like a woman who is considered a sex symbol, mm-hmm. people reduce her to that. And that was pretty much the end of Marilyn Monroe. Yeah. It, it, I think it's what killed her ultimately, but in a lot of other shit. but that was a big part of it. And I, I see that happening with so many other people. And it's like, you know, you talk to people that are usually a little bit older than us. But most people our age are, are, you know, pretty understanding this concept. But, you know, like my dad the other day was like, yeah, Paris Hilton, she's a whore, whatever. And I was like, "Uh uh. First of all, uh, uh, uh. if she likes sex or not, that doesn't make her less capable. Right. So, and he was like, yeah. he rolled his eyes, but he was like, keep defending people, keep standing up for people. I was like, yeah, because I'm tired of fucking hearing about this. <laughs> Paris Hilton like collects World War II radios, and she is like a philanthropist and a business owner, and like all these other things. Same with Kim Kardashian. I will always go go yeah. into this because people just, even if they're not perfect people and they've done shitty things, <laughs> uh, I'm just tired of people underwriting uh-huh. women like undermining them like that. It's stupid.
1: Yeah, no, I agree. And people are always multifaceted. It's and true. also like
2: Kim, can we maybe not wear her dress to things? Yeah. But that's why I can understand why why Kim Kardashian has such a like affiliation with her. Yeah, it I is get a it. similar story. I can I understand it. And yeah. I, in a way, Kim is very similar. Uh, is she the same? No, because Marilyn came from nothing, but like I can definitely understand why she feels a kinship with mm-hmm. her, for sure. And it's a, it's such a sad fucking story that it... I don't know. I don't know. I could talk for oh, same. hours about this. And that.
1: this documentary that I was talking about actually has, like, unreleased tapes of interviews, like, from the housekeeper oh, and stuff, yeah. so definitely check it out.
2: Oh, yeah. Okay. Speaking Here of we go. sex symbols. Oh. Oh. Beyonce is a pathological liar. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This one is like multi-layered. How can you tell? Can you tell? Um, there's a few things with this one, but this is the biggest one. Um, so I got this one from the, the Mirror, written by Louise Randall. So thank you, Louise. Uh, who she claims Beyonce gave birth to Solange as a teen and is actually oh, yeah. 45. Yeah. So according to that wild conspiracy, Beyonce was a teen mother and is lying about her age and who her daughter is, her firstborn. Anyway, Um, the claims which have been circulated online suggest the singer fell pregnant as a young teenager and the baby was raised by her parents and her sister as her sister. In a bid to explain the strange theory, it's claimed that Beyonce is actually seven years older than she claims to be. Uh, her given date of birth is September 4th, 1981, meaning she would have been too young to have given birth to Solange, was 32 and was born in 86. However, the theory suggests Beyonce has rolled back the clock on her age and was actually born in 74, which makes her 44 today.
1: Mm. Um, it would mean, that would make her B-Day album wrong. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> it would mean Beyonce would have to have been pregnant at 12 or 13, essentially.
1: Which is possible. Yeah, it could happen.
2: Um, the rumor is believed to have been started by an online post from someone who claimed to have spent four years working at Beyonce's Columbia record label. Uh, they shared an in-depth... Uh, Yeah, they shared an in-depth of the unfounded age change rumors and claiming Beyonce's cousin confirmed Solange was actually the singer's daughter. So that's a weirdly worded sentence, Uh, but yeah. We got there. You got there. (laughs) The Post stated Beyonce's precise birthday was uh, September 4th, seventy four. And then she's quoted saying, I saw a picture of her driver's license that was on my manager's computer once. Um, Don't ask how. (laughs) For why? (laughs) Yeah. And she says, Beyonce and Solange are both teenage mothers. I do not know the paternity of Solange, who her daddy is. Uh, The poster goes on to explain where she heard the baby story, writing, I have so, I have heard many crazy things while working at Columbia for four years. The Beyonce stuff, a close relative of hers told me, so I am more prone to believe that. B's cousin told me Beyonce's daughter is Solange and that she said it to me in confidence after the topic of teenage pregnancies came up, which like it seems like I would not say anything about that.
1: Like, yeah, who would say anything about that? I know it? that all of y'all have
2: signed NDAs and all of y'all are getting sued if this is true. Like, oh That would God. not be a thing. Dude, there was another TikTok of a girl who's like, I'm old enough that the NDA is expired on who my dad is. And it's Mark... W. <laughs> like, that's, she's like, that's all I can say. And his brother is Donnie, so it's Mark Wahlberg. Oh, oh. Right, but anyway.
1: I was like racking my brain. I was like,
2: Mark? W? Yeah. Mark W? She's like, that's all I can say. Oh, interesting. I don't know. can't believe there's an NDA. I didn't know indies <laughs> ran out like that. I didn't know either. that. No. No, okay. So she is not the sarcastic type either. So I doubt she would make something up that is so scandalous about her own cousin. I don't fucking know. I would make some shit up. <laughs> I lie for fun all the time. That's great. Yeah, my cousin was a celebrity, I'd be like, oh my God, <laughs> oh, they sacrifice listen, baby pigs. <laughs> yeah, I would do that too. Because my cousins are, <laughs> I would love to lie about them. That's fun. Like like Corbett. I'd be like, oh, he worships Satan. <laughs> Turn into last week's episode. to <laughs> hear that story. Really fun. Um, yeah. Yeah. He'd think it was funny. Uh, if the story was true, it would make Beyonce a grandmother as Solange now gave birth to a son, Daniel, when she was 18. The theory has done the rounds online and many believe they've found proof that Beyonce is lying about her age. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting. It stems from an interview given by actress Gabrielle Union, who, who by the way, looks like she's 16 25. still, Like, and yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. She... Anyway, Gabrielle Union claimed that she and Beyonce have been friends, quote, since we were teenagers. Gabrielle is 46 and was born in 72, so it's impossible for her to have been a teenager at the same time as Beyonce, if the singer was born in 81, as she claims. So it's pretty interesting. That is interesting. Yeah. That's that's the gist, but, you know, I don't. I don't not believe it, to be my fair. My next one is Gabrielle Union's a lie. No, i <laughs> I mean, shoot, Gabrielle Union looks good as hell. Yeah, she, she does. I don't know what she's doing. But also,
1: like, I feel like in my age, I I spout off stuff like that all the
2: time. No and truth. I'm like,
1: oh, yeah, we were friends when we were, like, right. teenagers. Like, I, I'm up. not thinking about the age that I am.
2: No, of course not. But also, I feel like it's normal in Hollywood to lie, to, like, claim you're younger mm-hmm. than you are. Right? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's a few. Like, there's another one. I don't know if this is on your list or not, about, like, Lord lord being way oh, yeah. older than she claims i to be. didn't put it on my list because i didn't find it interesting
1: enough because i don't care right. about lord but right. i could definitely see her lying
0: yeah. yeah
1: i'm still dying at the concert that lord did and she was like shh
2: at the people singing <laughs> yeah. how do, what do you even do at a lord concert do you sway i guess you sway and feel <laughs> that's like what you do at an adult concert cry cry feel <laughs> sway the Cheese stick. yes girl
1: okay so my number three is also a pretty popular one. Um, This is from The Daily Beast Mm -hmm. which is uh, very reliable Mm -hmm. so thank you Daily Beast. Um, And this is Aaliyah's death. Mm -hmm. Okay. R&B. Up and coming R&B singer Aaliyah was just 15 when she... And I'll get to the plane crash in a second, okay? Mm But it's like a whole story, okay? Mm -hmm. So just strap Mm it. So, Aaliyah was just 15 when she married R. Kelly. The Mm. pair lied about her age and enlisted his tour manager, Demetrius Smith, to forge papers in order to ensure that the nuptials went ahead. 15. Wow. Recalling the singer looked, quote, worried and, quote, scared as she and Kelly tied the knot... Demetrius adds in Surviving R. Kelly that he felt like he failed her by allowing the wedding to occur. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) No shit, Demetrius. Despite the mountain of evidence that Aaliyah and Kelly's relationship would have offered, tragically, in 2001, she was killed in a plane crash at just 22 and was never there to speak up when rumors started surfacing about the rapper's conduct. Now, a wild conspiracy theory has shockingly surfaced that suggests that the singer's death may not have been an accident. Fuck. Fuck. Taking to online comment board Reddit, which is our favorite place to go when we need information, one suspicious theorist claimed that the singer could have met her end thanks to shady figures in the music industry. Hinting that the industry bigwigs may have become worried about her success and feared that she may use her platform to out her husband's alleged actions, they shockingly suggested that her untimely death may have been an effort to silence her. Quote, I know she died in a plane accident, and they said it was an equipment failure, but in my mind, as she was achieving triple threatdom with the mm. success of Romeo Must Die and her upcoming role as Akasha in Queen of the Damned, and even in The Matrix, she was becoming powerful in her own right. End quote. The theorist pondered. Probably as she got older in age, she grew to realize the sexual abuse she suffered and probably got more and more angry against the people who helped facilitate it. Fuck yeah. Before she would be able to get a platform to speak out against what happened to her, she was killed. Mm. <clears throat> Terrible. So, the theory soon attracted a flood of comments and sparked a huge debate online, with one Reddit user agreeing that something didn't add up. Quote, one thing for sure is that he has high-level protection. You don't face three decades of sex abuse allegations and have CNN promote your new album, end quote, they mm-hmm. replied, hmm? to which another user commented, exactly. Mm-hmm. Others are really quick to shut this rumor down, though, pointing out that the theorist has ignored key aspects of Elias plane crash. After the singer's untimely death, subsequent investigations found that the aircraft she was in was over its maximum takeoff weight by 700 pounds. Jesus Christ, what do they have in their rocks? <sighs> Carrying too many passengers and too much luggage, apparently. An informational report issued by the National Transportation Safety Board stated, quote, The airplane was seen lifting off the runway and then nose down, impacting in a marsh in the south side of the departure end of runway 27, end quote. Plus, Um, The board also presented evidence to suggest that the pilot of the plane was not actually eligible to fly it and falsely obtained an FAA license showing flights he had never even flown. Superb. I love that. Further suggesting that it wasn't music top dogs that were to blame, a toxicology report after um, the pilot was recovered also revealed traces of cocaine and alcohol in his system. So that pilot was living life in there, man. I mean, and then dying death later. Dying, dying death. <laughs> so fans still rushed to conspire about the secrets Aaliyah may have known before her passing. But the singer had also more than left behind the first R. Kelly scandal by the time of her death. So yeah. the timing really doesn't add up there. Yeah. Her music career had already reached dizzying heights. She worked with Timbaland and Missy Elliott on her mm-hmm. second album, One in a Million, which sold over 8 million copies worldwide. But it does go even further. In 2021, there was a book that came out by a music journalist, and I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Kathy Iandoli, called Baby Girl, better known as Aaliyah. Kathy believes she finally uncovered the truth about what happened. And this is crazy. It was reported that Aaliyah showed concerns and knew that the plane was overweight. And she was like, I don't want to get on this plane. I'm a nervous flyer. Like, I don't want to get on it. And she basically stayed in her cab because she had a headache. And she was mm-hmm. like, the crew can figure it out. Then somebody on her crew allegedly handed her a sleeping pill while she was waiting in her cab. And she was carried onto the plane while sleeping, despite her earlier concerns. So she was asleep when the plane went up into the air. <gasps> oh, my God. She had no idea. Um, and terrifying. the plane was airborne. This is so sad. For less than a minute before it
2: came crashing down. I didn't know that. Yeah. Holy it shit. It literally went
1: whoop and just nosedived.
2: Oh, my God. Yeah. That's just so yeah. fucking sad.
1: So not only do people think that R. Kelly and the Big wings Music had her killed, but also that she didn't even know she was getting on the plane because she was drugged.
2: Do you think she was still asleep? When it happened, I think she must have been. I hope so. Yeah, Uh, she was
1: found strapped to her chair, like a long ways away from the plane. At (sighs) least, and then her, I think they said something about her, her hairstylist and somebody
2: else survived, but they died of injuries, like surely after, like, nobody survived. Oh, that's so tragic, man. Especially considering if the plane must have not been very high up, you know? Yeah. So you think about people who survive, like, crazier. I know. Fl- like, that's that's sad. That's She's so really sad. sad. But it does give me a little bit of peace to think she was asleep. I know. I'm really hoping that I she was asleep. I am, too. Especially because she was drugged. There's, I mean, like, yeah. it's likely. Jesus Christ. That one's crazy. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, check
1: out that book. It's called, uh, well, let me scroll down a little bit. Beep, beep, beep. Baby Girl, Better Known as Aaliyah. And that's by Kathy and Doley.
2: I'll tell you something right now. Uh, I just finished reading Interview with a Vampire, because mm-hmm. we, talk, we talk about vampires a lot on the show. We do. Um, I do consume a lot of vampire media. And she plays um, Akasha, right, in um, the Queen of the Damned, which is in that same series, which I had no fucking idea. Mm. And not to deviate, I got issues with that fucking movie, because, like... Ugh, we're gonna, this is Interview with the Vampire Corner now, okay? Okay. <laughs> so, I'm tuning in. So, yeah. So the, the book originally like Lestat the vampire comes back to life essentially he he wakes from his sleep because he likes hair metal so much like like yeah, yeah, yeah. he Rock loves on. he's like the music is just m- making me wake up but the movie takes place in like the 2000s mm-hmm. and I'm like so Lestat's being raised from the grave for new metal is that what this <laughs> is okay yeah. but Aaliyah in that movie no one has ever looked better. Oh, so
1: hot the little bralette
2: thing holy shit I made Ethan watch that movie with me and now every time I'm like I saw a really pretty girl today he's like Aaliyah and Queen of the Damned and I was like fuck no (laughs) she really is she was always so gorgeous like that no I I, actually you know for me it's tied it's between Britney Spears I'm a Slave for You VMA's performance mm. and Aaliyah as Mm. Akasha is like one of them was paid by George Bush so oh fuck
0: (laughs) just kidding (laughs) listen an episode one
2: if you haven't heard it all right So, yes, pop stars, we're going to talk about my personal god, Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. (laughs) Which I can't believe we haven't done a Gaga episode. It's coming. Don't worry. It's coming. (laughs) All right. So this one is a theory that Lady Gaga murdered a rising pop star and stole her identity. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I had never heard this one. one. And I am a conspiracy girly and I am a gaga girly and I'd never heard this one. So it's crazy. So the singer thirty two has been targeted by Barmy conspiracy theorists who are convinced (laughs) she killed off a rival and took her place. The bloodthirsty internet hoax has been doing the rounds for more than a decade, which is crazy. Like I said because I haven't heard this, but with users of one online forum claiming Gaga pushed fellow singer Lena Morgana off a building. <laughs> as one does. As one does. So reports suggest Gaga, then known as Stephanie Germanata, was scouted by the same agent as Lena, uh, Bob Fusari, or Rob Fusari, sorry, and they ended up working together. Um, Gaga sang backup vocals on a track she wrote, which Lena released called Wonderland, spelled with a U if you wanna look it up. However, the pair's quest for fame ended in huge success. For one and tragedy for the other in two thousand and seven, Gaga got signed to Interscope Records and began working on her new persona, Lady Gaga. A year later in two thousand and eight, Lena plunged to her death from the roof of the Staten Island Hotel in New York at the age of just nineteen Ooh, while Lady crowd, Gaga, yeah, oof, yeah. <laughs> while Lady Gaga became a huge chart star with the release of the fame. So these women were kind of, you know, scouted together, booked together, worked together and then one became an international star and the other one died tragically so people you know when that stuff happens people automatically be like illuminati confirmed like that does it looks kind of fishy
0: yeah so yeah
2: Yeah. especially like when you consider like gaga's like albums are called like the fame and the fame monster and Mm -hmm. stuff like mm -hmm, okay so like what did you have to do to become famous you know that kind of vibe Um, (laughs) she's apparently pushed someone over a roof that's mm -hmm. horrible the conspiracy theorists are convinced that Gaga was behind Lena's fall and assumed her identity, even stealing her outrageous onstage persona to become Lady Gaga. Because that was Lena's thing. She was like big performance artist kind okay. of bitch. This was a real person. Yep. Okay. Uh, what was her last name? i have to Google her. It was uh, Lena Morgana. Yeah. Morgana. Mm-hmm. Okay. So many even claim she referenced her former friend's fall in her paparazzi video. <laughs> oh, excuse me. In the music video in which she tossed uh, her lover over a balcony. <laughs> no. Yeah. A little on the nose there, Gaga. You know, but the, the, I also recently listened to Art um, pop because I listen to that album every other week, and it's a personal fave of mine. The first opening song, called Aura, starts with the lyric, I killed my former, like, and left her in the trunk, like, basically. Ooh. Yeah, and it's kind of like... It, it, it is literally Gaga talking about killing a, a part of herself or something and then moving on from that. So it does kind of look a little fishy. That's not in this in this article. I'm just a Gaga stan. <laughs> I do be knowing those lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> um, I've been studying. Yeah. <laughs> My morning affirmations are I am so fab. <laughs> okay. Many even claim she referenced it in the paparazzi video. Yeah, I said that. Okay. The video also shows the front page of a newspaper which reads Lady No More Gaga. <gasps> Oh no Morgana. Oh. I just made that connection reading it outline. That was good. Thank you. Um some theorists have believed Morgana is a cryptic yeah, please of Lena's name, Morgana. You can tell mm. I didn't read my notes very closely. Thank you. Um there was a fresh wave of conspiracy theory addicts when Lena's mother, Yana, spoke out against Gaga, accusing her of stealing her style, persona, and even her tragic background from her daughter. Yana claimed Gaga was from a wealthy family, but told Lena's story of a dark and tragic life to make herself seem more credible as an artist. Mm -hmm. And I actually do know that that's true. A friend of mine in high school worked for Lady Gaga's family because they own a bunch of Italian restaurants or something like that. So, like, they're not poor as most as most celebrity parents. So that's interesting. Um, Do I think Gaga is capable of murder? Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. (laughs) Absolutely.
2: Would that be the best way to die? Yeah. Getting yep. killed by by Lady Gaga. 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 Yeah. Oh, it was like the way that, like the roof but, thing. No, no but, no, but okay. But if Gaga, if yeah, anything for you, Gaga. I would fall off the roof. Yes, I would do it for her.
1: You know what the worst way to die is? And I just thought of this the yes. other day. I've
2: been watching RuPaul.
1: RuPaul, and death by RuPaul. Yeah. yeah, literally. Um, they had Ariana Grande as a guest judge, and I don't want to say too much, but they had a talent show. One mm-hmm. of the queens sang live. Oh no. And Ariana Grande told the queen that she was pitchy.
2: I would have to just. That's <laughs> I'm saying I would kill myself. Dead. There, throw l- myself off the stage. People need to stop overestimating my will to live. <laughs> I'm just Don't saying. Don't test me because <laughs> I just will say. do it. And also, dying the good death seems nice. Uh, if I could have the opportunity to, like, you know, die normally, like in my sleep or whatever, or get murdered by Lady Gaga, what what do you think I'm going to pick? I'm right. a bitch who's about the plot. Obviously. About the drama, about I want the story. Yeah, I want the story. Thank yeah. you. What yep. am I going to tell all the other dead people in heaven that I died in my sleep? No. Boring. <laughs> Boring. I'm <laughs> not going to do that. Thank you. That's right.
1: Which which this is a tangent, but I feel like that's why conspiracy theories are even a thing because mm-hmm. people don't want to believe the boring and ordinary. Oh no, they want to like weave their own little stories in it. Yeah, like, of course they can't. We can't just leave it lying there.
2: <laughs> I saw like a bunch of things that were like people were, people were talking about like I hope I die in a crazy way, like I hope I get murdered or some shit like that. And people are, like you think you're special enough to get murdered. Right. That's like to happened for you. Yeah, like, you don't get a, fuck- a podcast. Like it's a fucked up place, the internet. But also I can relate. <laughs> yeah, fuck. <laughs>
1: For the st- anything for the story. She anything says. for the story, yeah. Okay, so my number two. This is also a trigger warning for suicide. Yes. Kurt Cobain's suicide being a murder.
2: Oh, yeah, okay. Tell me all about it. I don't know the details, but I, I know that this is something people believe. Yes. Yeah. This is a really interesting one. And again, I forgot to mention this, but I'm mm-hmm. going in
1: order of believability. Okay, gotcha. So this is number two. Um, And this is from All That's Interesting, so thank you for All That's Interesting giving me the information. So... In 1994, Kurt Cobain's death shocked the world. Fans were horrified that their idol had shot himself, but others believed that someone else had pulled the trigger.
2: Oh, wait, I'm going to get a twizzler.
1: Okay, get last Get a snack one. for this story. Okay. Yeah. So, for those of you who don't know, Kurt Cobain was an American rock musician known for his role as the lead singer, the guitarist, and the primary songwriter mm-hmm. for the grunge band Nirvana. So, for those of you who have, like, their Urban Outfitters shirts with mm-hmm. Nirvana on it, now you know where it comes from. Cobain met Courtney Love in a nightclub, which Courtney Love is <laughs> just her own... Mm-hmm. She's her own thing. Um, In a nightclub in Seattle in January 1990, and they were married two years later. Cobain famously wore pajamas to the wedding, while love donned a white lace and satin gown. Their relationship was far from perfect. Pawmarks included drugs such as heroin, a bunch of overdoses, serious bouts of depression, and several suicide attempts from Cobain. Mm -hmm. Cobain was found dead in his Seattle home in April 1994, and of course, conspiracy theories have abounded about his short life and tragic death. The death was officially ruled a suicide, but private investigator Tom Grant, who took a close look at the case while it was unfolding that I'll talk about later, Mm -hmm. believes that Kurt Cobain was murdered. Specifically, Grant thinks that Cobain's wife, Courtney Love, was involved in a conspiracy that resulted in the murder of the Grunge star. Grant has been the most vocal believer of this theory over the years, but he has backups from Ian Halperlin and Max Wallace, who have also publicly supported this point of view. Halper, Halperin and Wallace have even published books that make the case that Kurt Cobain was murdered. And I'll mention the book at the end. Mm. So, let's back up. Before Kurt Cobain became the lead singer of Nirvana, Kurt Donald Cobain was a sensitive boy growing up in the town of Aberdeen, Washington, at the tail end of the 1960s. He showed music um, interest in a music, musical career path from an early age. His first band was called Fecal Matter. Of course. And it was formed in 1985, and he dropped out of high school to form the band. But by late 1980s, he had linked up with Chris Novoselic, forming the beginnings of what would become Nirvana. Mm. Their debut album, Bleach, was released by Sub Pop Records in 1989. Excuse me. Oh, my gosh. The pizza's talking back. And featured Chad Channing on drums. But things took a really drastic turn for the band when Dave Grohl replaced Channing on the drums. Mm -hmm. The band soon recorded Nevermind, their 1991 album, and the massive success of their single Smells Like Teen Spirit, which we all know, thrust Nirvana into the mainstream and immediately popularized grunge. As Nirvana ricocheted to the top of the charts and into the pop culture stratosphere, Kurt Cobain was becoming increasingly disenchanted with the prospect of being a star. He felt that it went against his underground roots to become a mainstream star, and he hated the thought of being the voice of a generation. Mm. He often felt like the media misinterpreted all of his messages. He was plagued by depression, chronic stomach pain, and an addiction to heroin. And his final days were nothing if not tragic and harrowing. And according to Seattle police, it all culminated with a self-inflicted shotgun blast. The bullet struck his head through his mouth. Mm. So, just a few days. This is like where it gets kind of weird. A few days before his death on April 5th, Kurt Cobain actually ran away from the Exodus Recovery Center that he was in in Marina Del Rey, California. Mm -hmm. In response, Courtney Love hired Tom Grant, that former detective that I mentioned earlier, as a private investigator, to go look for him. It was actually reported initially that it was Cobain's mother, Wendy O'Connor, who had filed a missing persons report Um, stating that he had a shotgun, he may be suicidal, etc. But Tom Grant actually said no, it was Love who filed the missing persons report in O'Connor's name. So why Love would want to pose as the mother makes no sense. Mm -hmm. Grant uses information as part of his overall summary and reasoning for his events that hinted that Love was being elusive about her husband from the very beginning of the investigation. At the core of Tom Grant's reasoning why Love might have killed Cobain... Lies the belief that Cobain couldn't have injected himself with that amount of heroin, three times a lethal dose, okay. dose and then been able to even shoot himself. Like even even a a well-versed heroin addict would have been incapacitated and unable to pick up a pin. Like there's no way you could pick up a gun. Shit. Another reason why Grant believes that Kurt Cobain was murdered is because of inconsistencies in his suicide note, which you all should definitely look up if you haven't seen it and if it's something you can handle. Um, Grant thinks that the top half of Cobain's letter was meant to announce that he intended to leave the music business behind, mm-hmm. but doesn't mention anything about death or suicide. And the bottom half of the note has different content and love, mentions love and Cobain's daughter that they had together, Francis. Um, But it looks like it could have been written by someone else. And it's true. If you look up the suicide note, the top half looks totally different from the bottom half. Crazy. Cobain's suicide note appears to differ in terms of both handwriting and content towards the end, which the end is the only part that allusions to death are made. Interesting. Interesting. This is the weirdest part. There was a man that came forward named Eldon Hoke, nicknamed El Duce. Or El Duce. El Duce. It's D-U-C-E. Duce. El El Duce. El Duce. Duce. I love, I love the idea of being named after a dookie, who came forward and claimed that Courtney Love tried to offer him $50,000 to kill Kurt Cobain. Eerily, just days after being interviewed and saying this in 1997, Hoke was found dead after being run over by a train. Come here. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but anyways, this conspiracy theory goes incredibly deep, like there's even... Like, Courtney Love was, like, cheating or allegedly cheating, and it was a whole thing, and yeah. then Cobain, like, threatened to kill himself. It was a whole thing. Their relationship is crazy. Mm-hmm. So I'll leave it there, but um, let me know what you think, and then check out the book. It's called Who Killed Kurt Cobain? The Mysterious Death of an Icon, and that's by Max Wallace and Ian Halperlin that I mentioned earlier. Dude,
2: you know, my dad would be a really good person to talk to about this. He mentioned this briefly in the Urban Legends episode mm-hmm. we did because we talked about the 27 Club a little bit. mm um, and I bet he he has lots of theories. I know he does because he was one of the first people actually to um, put uh, "Smells Like Teen Spirit" on the radio.
1: Really? Mm-hmm. Wow,
2: that's wild. Um, him and a few other people. He also broke "Achy Breaky Heart," which is which is like why I played with Miley Cyrus as a baby. <laughs> but like I don't obviously don't remember that. Yeah, but that's like, wild. It's weird having a radio dad, that but is this wild. is like one of those things he's super into. So yeah. he knows a lot about it. I bet you like. Patreon exclusive interview with Chris. <laughs> yeah, that would that would actually be really cool. Yeah, you can right. ask him if he thinks it was a suicide or not. I don't think he does. I'm the, pretty sure he's the camp of Courtney Love. I think I think so too. And you know it's funny. My mother is like Courtney Love's innocent and that's why they got divorced. No. <laughs> But I've heard both arguments from Ooh. both of them. They're very passionate about it.
1: It's like instead of uh, instead of what is it the olive theory mm-hmm. where like your partner mm-hmm. likes olives and you don't. It's like who, do you actually think Kirk Bean was killed? <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. But also um, Francis Bean is their kid's name. Mm-hmm. Cutest name ever. Yeah. That's cute. That's, that's cute. cute. Sorry, I just that's it. Anyway, okay. This is my number one, dun, and dun, dun. I. <laughs> I'm a psychopath because I came up with this conspiracy theory. <laughs> it's yours. It's, it's in-house. Mine. Okay. And I have I have literally sat my friends down and given them a PowerPoint presentation on this. Ooh, I'm ready. Uh, have I heard this? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I might have mentioned it as a joke in passing, and you were probably like, Haha, "Okay, like, hey, you crazy? It's probably fucked up. It's probably fucked up."
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: anyway, um, yeah, and that's that Ryan Seacrest is an energy vampire who has been systematically knocking out radio and television personalities one by one to absorb their essences and become the ultimate TV host. <laughs> <laughs> yes, actually. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and the trail on this. Crazy. All right, so I went through my old Twitter feeds and took all my notes out from there, and I could not find my my PowerPoint to save my life. But it's very funny, and it also talks about vampires a lot. So we, you know me, anyway. <laughs> okay, so Ryan started hosting in the late '90s. We know this, but only minor stuff uh, until his big break in 2002, where he signed on to co-host American Idol. That's right. I said co-host. There were two. People Wait, often forget it was that. One. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <gasps> he killed them. His name's he was Brian Dunkelman. Um, that's a terrible name. Yes. <laughs> he absorbed his energy. In, in my notes, I wrote, uh, <laughs> that's right, I said co-host. If you stop watching Idol in 2005, like most of the world, you probably won't remember that Ryan had a partner named Brian motherfucking Dunkelman. He actually made a guest appearance on The Proud Family in their American Idol episode. Oh, Because <laughs> okay. they couldn't afford Ryan Seacrest. Anyway, um, he was kicked off after season one and his career as a comedian and actor never recovered. Um, He was asked to return briefly in 2017 for the series finale send off, but he was only one of the lucky ones. Like, only his career tanked. He wasn't killed, you know? That's good. Um, Yeah, he went on then. Okay, yeah, so Ah. after American Idol, Ryan then went on to replace uh, Michael Strahan, who had filled in for Regis Feldman on the the Regis and Kelly Mm -hmm. morning show. Regis is now dead. coincidence coincidence i think not he's also very old so yeah, you know is, a yeah. lot of these people are Aww, regis but i will say that their deaths are su- suspiciously timed they are su- also i never realized how cool the name regis is it is cool That's right it's pretty cool yeah i yeah. know yeah. anyways okay so this goes all the back all the way back to the 70s so in 1970 everyone's favorite syndicated radio countdown show the american top 40 was established with the legendary casey kasem aka the original voice of shaggy rogers from scooby doo okay have you ever heard the American Top 40? Mm-mm. You would never turn that on on the... Did you not have, like, a local radio station you listened to on the weekends? Mm-mm. Never? Growing Mm-mm. up, not even once? <sighs> I was not a radio baby. Damn. I mean, like, I feel like when I was... Obviously, I don't listen to the radio anymore, but I was, like, middle school, high school, I was always listening to the radio. Like, when I get up in the morning, turn that shit on. Um, anyway. Not I. Not I. I was a Walkman girl. I was a Walkman gal, yeah. <laughs> well, so during the week, in the morning, you'd have a morning show, like, your daily morning show. But on the weekends, they obviously didn't have that, so they would have this American... Uh, Top 40 Countdown, Mm -hmm. which was syndicated to multiple radio stations. So it's one guy recording in California and then multiple radio stations across the country played it, which is um, a pretty big show. So Casey Kasem was the main host. He was the sole host for a very, very long time. Um, He continued to work on the show until 2009. And he overlapped his hosting duties in 2004 onward with none other than Ryan. He's back, baby. So Ryan Seacrest got a co-hosting gig with Casey Kasem on the American Top Forty show, and people are like, "Okay, you know Casey's getting up there in years, so we'll get this Ryan guy." And Ryan still runs it to this day, by the way. Mm. Um, Wait, when did he get American Idol? Two thousand two. Yeah, that was okay. when he started it. Okay. Yeah, he, let me tell you this: he Ryan Seacrest is booked and busy. He's mm-hmm. doing everything in the world it's because he has absorbed the energy to do so. <laughs> he's okay, got, he's got the energy to uh-huh. do it all. Uh-huh. Yeah. So here's where it gets interesting. Casey continued to work on the show and then Ryan showed up. And in 2007, Kasem was diagnosed with Levi body dementia, which is very rare. Um, And it is a a really interesting disease, but I'll tell you more about it. Um, It continued to get worse and worse. Eventually, Kasem mysteriously went missing and was eventually found somewhere in Washington state for no reason interestingly enough due to his condition quote casem the man famous for his voice completely lost the ability to speak in his last months of life leading me to another similar situation later i didn't know that mm -hmm. oh no it was a huge problem they they could not find him when he was he was so ill and like he was he was losing the ability to speak over time which they attributed to this disease that he had but it's a really rare disease and it's like not super common, and right. it's super ironic that someone who's a literal voice actor, radio personality, would get a disease like that. Yeah. And so, as he was sick, Ryan obviously would take on more and more of the show. It just, over time, he mm, kind of would not just... not weird. It's not weird. Um, yeah, he was found in really suspicious like circumstances so I mean definitely read more into it it's kind of crazy yeah,
1: this is this is such a good conspiracy theory dude
2: I have been obsessed with this since I was like in middle school and I was like I can't believe nobody else has caught on to this yet please okay Ryan's uh, gonna come find you <laughs> There's a lot of shit about Ryan Seacrest that I, so like I'm gonna t- I'm gonna walk you guys through all of the like people he's taken over for. But another thing that a lot of people don't know is he's the executive producer of most of the Keeping Up with the Kardashians and all their spinoffs. Mm. Which if you are gonna be an energy vampire, what sucks people's energy more than the Kardashians? True. Okay. That's true. He's he's got a never ending fucking source. He's got an IV to the mainstream. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. It's like all of them. Like <laughs> Chloe takes Manhattan and shit. He's got his fucking fingers in the pie. <laughs> yes, he does okay so um yeah Kasem is is dead Ryan takes over the show that's where we're at oh my god go away pot filter okay so in 2005 one year after Seacrest was signed on to take over the American Top 40 which is one year after he started by the way (laughs) um, Ryan was also announced to be an executive producer of the um and co-host of the famous Dick Clark New Year's Rockin' Eve
1: oh I remember when he took that over Yes, and that was before Dick died, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. So here's what happened. Dun, dun, dun.
2: It was hosted by probably the most famous host man of all time, Dick Clark himself. I and then in all caps are, let's look at the dates here real quick. Okay. <laughs> yes, let's review. I keep hitting the mic. I'm so excited. She's excited. I'm excited. She's fired up. Because I'm I'm I'm. I'm getting this theory out to the masses. Mm-hmm. It needs to be heard by more than just my friends who roll their eyes. Okay, because I'm a I'm a Ryan Seacrest truth. What Sechrist if
1: you Trudor. start one on this show right now? Like,
2: what if this please. becomes? I need and then I need the motherfucking credit. Okay, please, because I've got I've done the research. Yeah, <laughs> none of you, you see have the receipts. Okay, <laughs> so um, Ryan Seacrest was announced to be co-host in August of 2005. It was only a few months later, in December of 2005, that Dick Clark suffered his famous stroke. Ooh, okay. It extremely limited his mm-hmm. ability to do what? That's right, speak. <laughs> That is that is weird. I know. That's weird. And it's in December, giving Ryan exactly one month to prep. prep.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> yep. Mhm. Ryan's like, I've been waiting for this moment. <laughs> and this, of course, left Ryan to ring in the new year single-handedly. Two thousand and six. I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Still enough time to sort things out. Get prepared though. So a little suspicious um clark of course died in april 2012 leaving everything to ryan frequency crest uh he notably also guest hosted and um sub hosted for larry king on on his shows larry king is now dead um he's the current co-host of e news which um the guy before that billy what's his name just his career tanked in the fucking toilet now what is he doing now we don't know i can't remember his name you know um he's also the executive producer of the Kim Kardashian TV shows. I'm just saying that there's like a lot of coincidences around this shit. And that's not even all of them. Like I could go on forever, but I'm not gonna, but like I would, I could write a whole thesis on this show, I would read it. And I think a lot of it is because I I've, I've grown up in the radio industry, so I like n- I know about like hosts. Like that's what my dad did, so I know this like type of person. And my dad m- met Ryan Seacrest. And he's like he's an ass and I hate him. And so like why is this man who is a dick literally getting all of these gigs where being a good, like, nice, charismatic person right. is getting you far. Like, people just don't like him. <laughs> I'm so glad your dad wasn't overtaken by the energy vampire. That's really good. Yeah, right, I know. Ooh. I mean, just, like, it's crazy, because you listen to any of Ryan's shows, and he sounds like such a normal fucking dude, but I don't trust him. His eyes have known chaos, death, and murder. You look at him, and you're just like, mm. Yeah, the the whole, like, their voices being affected thing is really odd. It's really fucking weird, right? Yeah. I'm just saying. They just lose the like ability it. to speak over time. I like it. And the only person he didn't dare fuck with was Michael Strahan because he's like eight times his size. Yeah, he's <laughs> like I better not. Which is the with only one <laughs> yeah. that got away. Them, him and Brian Dunkelman. Did you, you he wasn't actually? This is totally unrelated. But yeah. did
1: you see the interview with Ryan Seacrest? And I don't know, something happens, and it's Britney Spears and Ryan Seacrest, <laughs> yes. and and uh. They're talking about, like, living with people, Mm -hmm. and then Ryan's like, oh, girl, whatever, and Brittany thought that Ryan
2: Seacrest was gay, and you could just see her face. The realization, yeah, that's so funny. That was a good one. I know. But I think it's funny, because you see, like, you know, Brian Dunkelman lived, because he wasn't strong enough to kill him yet, but after absorbing his career, then he had enough power to kill Kasem, (laughs) and then he could kill Dick Clark. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just saying. He's like a Pokemon. Uh Uh-huh. And then he killed Larry King and Regis Philbin. (laughs) He's getting them all. He's getting them all. There you go. If you're old and feeble, don't invite Ryan. <laughs> don't. To your He's job. he you're gonna die. You're I'm gonna so die. sorry. Yeah. You're
1: gonna lose your voice. Wow, that's, that's a good one. one. Thank I don't you. even know how to follow that <laughs>
2: up. <laughs> okay. My
1: number one. Um, from NikkiSwift.com, mm-hmm. the Church of Scientology auditioned wives for Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, I believe that. <laughs> I to- this is this is why it's my number one because yeah, it's of the course. most believable. Yeah. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with Scientology, it's a set of beliefs and practices invented by L. Ron Hubbard, who was an American author, and constitutes an associated movement. So by 1953, the first Church of Scientology was formed, and it was widely understood to be a cult at this point. The Church of Scientology is in, if you could guess what state it's in, what, what state would you guess? Mm, Utah. Florida. Oh, of course. Our favorite state. <laughs> Today, there is estimated to be over 40,000 adherents to Scientology worldwide. So this is just interesting. I just mm. wanted to list out some things that adherents, so Scientologists, believe. Adherents. Okay. So according to L. Ron Hubbard, this mm-hmm. is Scientology's fundamental creation myth. Are you ready?
2: Yeah. Okay. I'm ready to get into this Zenu. Okay.
1: <laughs> Xenu. Yeah was run's ruler of the galactic confederacy an ancient organization of 76 planets having existed for 20 million years the planets were struggling from extreme overpopulation fearing that he'd be thrown out of power xenu gathered billions of his people froze them to capture their souls otherwise known as thetans which i'll talk about later and transported them to earth for elimination he dumped them at the bottom of volcanoes and then destroyed them in a series of nuclear explosions which, why they had nuclear power back then, I do not know. Mm-hmm. Killing all but a few and sending their souls into the air. Okay. Once in the air. <laughs> you following some Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Once in the air, the souls were captured by Xenu, who then implanted them into misleading information, including concepts related to all other world worldly religions. Oh,
2: fuck. Okay. Everything else, okay? Mm-hmm.
1: After all this evil was carried out, Xenu was eventually imprisoned. By who? I have no idea. And Earth was left to be a mere prison planet by the Galactic Confederacy.
2: Slay. Slay.
1: Okay. So another belief. That's that's the creation myth, okay? But this is like the beliefs of Scientologists. They believe that a human possesses an immortal inner self, which is known as a thetan, that resides in the physical body and has experienced many past lives. They also believe that traumatic events experienced by a thetan over its lifetimes have resulted in negative engrams forming in the mind, causing neuroses and mental problems. I so must have a lot of engrams. Yeah, of course. <laughs> they claim that this practice of auditing can remove these engrams, excuse me, most Scientology groups charge a heavy fees for clients undergoing auditing, uh-huh. and once these engrams have been removed, an individual is giving the status of clear. Okay. So once you pay a bunch of fucking money, of you're course. clear. Of course. They can take part in a further series of activities that are termed operating Thetan levels, which require further
2: payments. Oh my god, this is what Martin Luther died for. <laughs> not 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 King Jr. I'm talking about the yeah. guy that nailed the theses yeah. to the door. Yes. You know? So, For those of
1: you who want to learn more about Scientology, it is like truly, truly fascinating. There's so much information out there about the wild story of L. Ron Hubbard and Scientology in general. And I will say there's a really wild story about a bunch of Scientologists like living on a ship and being forbidden to have children. Um, It's crazy. (laughs) But last podcast on the left actually does a really amazing cover of this story. So look it up. That's That's Henry and Ben and Marcus. Mm -hmm. They do a great job. So check that out. So it's no secret that a ton of celebrities are Scientologists, so we got Kirstie Alley, we got John Travolta, we have Katie Holmes, and most notably,
2: we have Tom Cruise. Is Madonna a Scientologist? I want to say she was. I don't think so. Or something weird, anyway. She's definitely something. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she kissed Britney Spears
1: as we talked about So she's a lesbian?
0: (laughs) She's she's not a Scientologist. She's a lesbian. Um, I thought you
1: were American. (laughs) So this celebrity conspiracy, which I think is just probably totally true, states that Cruz got help from the Church of Scientology in his efforts to find a new lady love. So L. Ron Hubbard actually died in 1986. So this guy named David Miskovich actually took over. And apparently him and Cruz were quite tight. So like close enough that Miskovich actually helped him with matchmaking. Their relationship has been described in Leah Remini's book as the most intense, expensive bromance in history. (laughs) So, the conspiracy alleges that Cruz and Miskovich were sent audition tapes from women within the church to date Tom Cruise. There were reports that there were almost two dozen women that were interviewed, but apparently none of these women were even told what they were signing up for. The Church of Scientology told the women instead that they were auditioning for some sort of training film, and then they were randomly asked in the middle of questioning what they thought of Tom Cruise. (laughs)
2: I guess he's nice. <laughs> yeah, and
1: based on that answer, Tom was like, that's the one. Oh my God. So I'm going to totally butcher this name. I've never heard of her. N- Nazanine Boneyide? Mm. Bone. Uh, bon- but I've never heard of her in my life. Lazanine, that's pretty. My bad. bad. Um, was one of them. And mm-hmm. she was allegedly coerced into breaking up with her boyfriend and entering a monitored relationship with Cruz, who months later actually moved on with Katie Holmes. I mean, fuck all. Goddamn. Yeah. And there's even rumors flying around that the Church of Scientology actually facilitated the breakup between Cruz and Nicole Kidman because Nicole
2: Kidman was not a Scientologist. Dude. Uh, and then cut to those amazing divorce pictures of yes. her. God bless. She's the, so happy to God be done. God bless an icon.
1: Yep. So that's the story with
2: Tom Cruise is that basically the Church of Scientology played Bachelor with him. He must think he has like a direct connection to our Lord and Savior z the way he acts. He does. Like he does not give a single fuck. He's like, sure, I'll hold on to the the wing of an airplane. Sure, I'll ride this motorcycle off a cliff 8,000 times. Mm -hmm. He he thinks he's legitimately not going to die. Like he has some guy on the inside or they're going to just pump him full of drugs like Elvis till he comes back to life. (laughs) something yeah David Miskovich will pay to have him cryogenically literally frozen. I. he's he's so compact yeah, <laughs> yeah he, he fits is. in the freezer the
1: craziest <laughs> thing to me about Tom Cruise like forget all the Scientology <laughs> stuff it's the fact that his teeth don't line oh, up oh yeah that
2: <laughs> shit that's the first thing I think of every the time I think is. of Tom Cruise I know, me too. is his his tooth in the center mm-hmm. of his face mm-hmm. um uh, he was he was an excellent Lestat though, Vampire. <laughs> yeah, Empire, that's true. So I'll give him that. That is true. Um, yeah, what a fucking weirdo. Scientology though.
1: is so interesting. Everybody check it out. If that if that like origin story didn't hook you, I don't know what will.
2: You know where I learned about that origin mm. is? You remember when YouTube was like everyone always did parody music videos back mm-hmm. in the day? Like I want to say 2007. There was this one creator. Her name was Venetian Princess, and she did like a. A, a spoof where she was pretending to be like the Hollywood Mary Poppins, like nanny to the stars and she was singing them a bedtime story and it was like long ago the aliens you knew I was like, that was so funny. She's like like Julie Andrews. And, you to. and now I can't get it out of my head. I think about it all I the need time. To find that. That sounds amazing. I, it might still be on there somewhere, but it's pretty funny. Um yeah, that's that's it. And that also I'm pretty sure they said that Katie Holmes had to give birth silently.
1: Yeah, they um. That was another one I almost put in here, but then it was like, why would it wasn't believable because why would Tom Cruise like allow this to happen? But basically, like her pregnancy bump mm-hmm. was like so many different sizes. Like during her pregnancy, mm-hmm. that they alleged that Surrey was not
2: really. Oh, but Surrey like looks just like them. Yeah. It's it's there's no way. Yeah. That's well. I didn't include that one. But. That's fair. I just would I, I think about that every time someone's like, Oh yeah, someone so had a baby. Mm-hmm. I'm like I always think about Katie Holmes giving birth silently. Yeah. And like not being able to scream. Oh
1: oh you're talking about the pain thing. Yeah. Yes, that's absolutely true. Is that for real? Yeah, that's true. Christ. Yeah. That's and like true. I said, I I think I mentioned it, but last podcast on the last they do they do like a three part series about Scientology and they kind of go into Tom Cruise and all that stuff. So it is really, really good. Yeah, I bet. So check it out. Last podcast on the left is good shit. Good I shit, fucking
2: love those guys. Yeah. If they ever listened to me, I would just die. Hey, listen, bitch. Uh, I got shit to say about Ryan Seacrest. And if you want the full story, you're going to have to call me. That's right. So, have your people call my people. Have your people call my people. Just kidding. It's just my cell phone. I don't have people. It's called networking, baby. <laughs> Gmail <right>. me. <laughs> Gmail me at tensontenspodcast@gmail.com. on 10s podcast, yeah that's one zero s o n one zero yeah something like that podcast. yeah and if, if anybody
1: listening has like more theories or wants to react to any of ours like i would love to hear from any of you
2: or just like give us a compliment that's cool yeah, too. yeah that fuels mm-hmm. us love you that's y'all. how we're
1: energy vampires
2: <laughs> <laughs> and with that friends we're gonna leave you we love you tens and um you're really killing that blouse today mm, you look so, so good much. in that <laughs>
0: <laughs> love you mean bye it has been so lovely having you in for our little tete a tete. If you have any further tittle tattles or salacious salutations, you may contact us on the World Wide Web at tenson tenspodcast.com. Or you may follow the ladies on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at tenson tenspodcast. That's 10S. O N one zero podcast or via email at tens on tens at gmail.com. Until next time, ta ta and toodle